This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. And the wheels on the bus go round, 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 round. Round, 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 and wheels, oh, sometimes they just fall off a little bit. Luckily, this is still the Chelsea podcast, but I've got a couple of wheelwrights in today who are going to help us get back on course and discuss what's gone wrong with the Chelsea wheels. And our first main wheelwright is Mr. Andy Saunders. Hello, Andy. How are you, mate? How are you? (laughs) I don't know. I'm confused. I'm confused. I feel as though the writing's been on the wall, but it's been avoided, you know. But how's your week? You all right? Uh, week's been very interesting. I mean, it's been Chelsea-wise, it's been a week or two halves, hasn't it? Brilliant performance uh, against Salzburg and terrible performance against Brighton, which I'm sure we'll go into in some detail. Uh, but it's been all about the puppy this week for me. We've got a seven-week-old puppy and didn't sleep much last night and it's absolute chaos and mayhem in my house. But apart from that, it's sort of taken my mind off the result uh, uh, from the weekend. Uh, but yeah, it's been a, been a funny old week. Yeah, absolutely. And she is very beautiful. Stella is her name. Stella, yeah. She looks like a Stella as well. Stella, as in Artois. <laughs> oh, those happy days when you used to guzzle Stella. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, that sounds weird. Um, 
Let's move on. Um, and our other wheelwright, who is always a man for correcting the course of what's gone wrong, is Mr. Gary Hayes. Hello, Gary. Hello. Hello. How are you, Gary? Are you oh, okay? I'm, I'm, good. I'm good, thank you. Are you? How's your week been? Hectic. I'm moving house. I am arranging trips overseas. I am... I'm just very, a very busy man, and then I went to watch Bob Dylan on Friday, and it was the best night of my life. Was it? Oh, yes. Was well, that at the, at the Palladium? No, it was at uh, the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. And I'll tell you what, I took my brother, and um, he said it was like seeing his kids at Disneyland when he saw me there. He said, uh, So I, was he good? Because he, he can be rubbish. Absolutely incredible. Go on, right. my, go on my Instagram, Andy, and read the review that this guy wrote about, and it was beautiful. And um, right. he did an encore and everything. Never does encores. Didn't remember, play with his back to the crowd like he normally does. No, no, no. What he did is he played with a piano where you couldn't see him. <laughs> I, I could okay. see him because I was on the side, but anyone who was at the front just couldn't see him because he was hunched over. You know the pianos that normally go up against the back of a wall? Yeah. So he was playing that, but it was like... And a, an an, upri an upri upright piano, I think. Maybe. Yeah, and he was properly thrashing it. But um, I took my brother with me and... Um, Which one out of seven? I, I took my six six brothers. But six. I, I, took, I took the one above me, number four. He came right. with me and... Um, Does he have a name or just number four? What, what did number four think of it? We'll, we'll just call him number four. He's a mug. <laughs> <laughs> he buys all sorts of artwork, loses money on it. <laughs> um but so he, he was like oh yeah he goes i'd love to go because um you know I'd, I'd, he went to see the stones this year all these acts and stuff you know that um i hear about and you know everyone goes on about him he thought the stones were right but then when he saw dylan he left and he said um i can see why you love him and um he said i've, I've seen musicians before but then i've come out of this and i've gone to go home i'm going to make the kids listen to better music poor kids because wow. it was seriously right it was absolutely it was amazing and um he and like i say he doesn't never does encores anyone who goes to see dylan will understand this he doesn't he doesn't talk to the crowd or anything he spoke to the crowd and then um he played the harmonica at the end and when he did it i jumped up <laughs> screaming and my brother was like what what's going on? everyone was going mental he said, what's going on? He goes, he's just playing harmonica i was like it's amazing and then um he left and he came on uh and I was like trying to go out and then he came on and did this encore and he did because uh, Jerry Lee Lewis died that day and um, he did I just can't say goodbye as a cover and he said Jerry Jerry's gone so I'm going to do a song for him Oh, and it was absolutely incredible right and um, and then he left and I bought all the t-shirts all the key rings all the posters and it was yeah, it was that, uh, oh, um, actually, Gary, would you like to... Oh, no, let, let's play a guessing game here. Andy, how much hmm. do you think a little key ring... Uh, the the key ring Bob is Dylan. the shape of a vinyl, yeah. and it says Bob Dylan on the vinyl, on the back it says Rough and Rowdy Ways. 15 quid. 20. Oh, 20? 20. <laughs> oh, my God, what happened, Gary. Right? I bought, I bought Gary, all these T-shirts. I've, I've, I've got a load of crypto. Do you want to buy it? Because <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Double the market right now. I, I bought all these T-shirts. and my I've got some on. broken key rings you can have for half price. <laughs> but he, 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 he said to me, he goes, he, goes, he goes, what are you doing? I goes, what? He goes, you're getting all this stuff. I goes, I, I don't know when I'm going to see him again. So I bought um, a Hurricane T-shirt. I bought a um, just a general T-shirt. I bought a Rolling Thunder T-shirt. 
And then um, I bought the poster from the night, and then I said, "Dear listener, you, you you don't want to be list, listening to us talk about the Brighton no, game no. anyway, do you? Let's yeah, be honest. You know, but so this, this is, is much better because distraction. I tell you, it is. But this is amazing, though, right? So, and then um, they, <laughs> they were tying it all up, and then she was like, "Oh, that's um, like 170 pounds, please." And I went, "Oh, I get a keyring as well, actually." And she went, that's one night. I went, 20 quid for the keyring. She went, don't you want to? I went, no, go on, I love it. And then I went outside and bought some bootleg T-shirts. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, it was just like, yeah. and then uh, Brighton happened. Yeah, well, Andy, can I ask, mm. is it people like Gary that have made the music business survive? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, let's be honest. The music industry is surviving on its catalogue at the moment. It's certainly not surviving on new music. And it is mugs like Car- uh, Gary that will, uh, yeah, definitely keep keep the executives in cigars because um, that, that's definitely the growth area. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be buying those bootleg T-shirts. That, that's gangsterism, Gary. That's taking oh, sorry, the money well, out of good, honest merchandisers. Well, I think I've spent 190 quid inside. Yeah. yeah, but it could have spent 240 <coughs> quid inside instead of going and buying... But then, and so, so I'll tell you why, though. I went the out band, and... The band, Bob, Bob's not getting any money off of those T-shirts on the pavement. No, of course he's not. But um, I went out and I saw You him disgust us. And, um, yeah, I, I saw the T-shirts. And the, the reason I bought this T-shirt was I've always wanted a really cool Highway 61 Revisited T-shirt because it's the best album ever made, ever. And, um, and that's... I named my business after that album because it's my favorite album ever so when i saw the t-shirt it was actually a really good print of it as well and i was like oh, i'll get it so it's 16 yeah. pounds for the t-shirt mug and you should really have seen if they had another album street illegal there oh. that's the one you all see what i, I did say, have, we, no, I have, we literally, ha, have we literally got any listeners left because no is no so let's ludicrous. go back to it Kerry, let's leave this on. behind all right okay well, let's he asked the question how my week's been so i just answered him yeah, I'm unfortunately, sorry. we all now know. Um, okay. <laughs> and there you go, wearing a Chelsea FC shirt, which is probably knock off anyway. Um, <laughs> it was so, a freebie. Andy, we go back in time a few days, Salzburg away. Now, this was a, a curious old setup. We weren't quite sure what to expect. We'd had an amazing result with Milan. But Salzburg, they got a draw out of us at, at uh, Stamford Bridge. They worked out how to play against us. We were slightly concerned that this was going to be a tough old game, weren't we? A little bit, yeah. And then when we saw the lineup and we saw what looked like Cucurella as a centre-back and Sterling and Pulisic as wing-backs, we were like, oh, what's this? You know, Pottermania. Um, I mean, he really is turning into Tinkerman Mark II, isn't he? And, um, you know, I was, don't know about you, but very, very concerned about, about that particular uh, strategy and lineup. But actually, Actually, I think in places that was the best performance of the season under under Potter, to be honest. Yeah, and, and Gary, do you think this this experiment that we've got going on, which seems to involve Thiago Silva just playing all the time and Cucurella as a centre-back, and now he seems to have picked on Sterling and Pulisic as his wing-backs, it works brilliantly in certain games, but as when we come to Brighton, there is a deep flaw with it, which you can't get back. And we have seen this problem through the Villa game, the Brentford game, the United game, and he's been changing things early. Are you worried about this as a formation with these players or these types of players? I'm worried about it with these players, and that's because it's square pegs, round holes, right? I think, look, let's not... I don't want to defend 
Potter for the sake because he's the Chelsea manager. I think if he was the United manager, he'd be laughing and would be criticising. But you have to caveat it with the fact that his three first-choice defenders, he's only got one of them at the moment, right? Um, so he's having to play Cucurella where he is. Um, he's having to play um, Chaloba ahead of um, Fafana, right? Because I think that Chelsea's strongest defence is Koulibaly, Silva and Fafana. Are we in agreement on that? In well, yeah, but also as well, you can you can add Reese James to 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 defenders. Oh, yeah, as well, but I'm just you? talking about just the back three, though, right? Yeah, yeah, back three. But then, when you go yeah, when you go further forward, you take Kante out of it, you take a half-fidge Kovacic out of it, you take mm. Reese James out of it. Mm. So I can understand. It doesn't mean that it makes a four-one defeat any easier to stomach, but let's you keep have on to the Salzburg game though first because. This was when it actually works like this. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. But then, look, Salzburg aren't Brighton. Brighton would walk away with the Austrian uh, league that, like, Salzburg are. Yeah. Brighton are a better team. Look, there there was some method in the madness, wasn't there? Because what we found was Pulisic and Sterling getting forward, creating opportunities, um, a a lot more fluidity up front with a front two of Havertz and a Bamiyang. Uh, look, it, it looked on paper like it wasn't going to work, but it, it seemed to work. But Gary's right. You know, they're a bit of a pub team, aren't they? We should never have drawn against them in the first place. Um, you know, we should have we They're, they're wiped sort them of out. like a Wolves or someone like that. They're, yeah, not, a, they're, they're not a really bad team. They're just a lower-ranked no, Premier League team, I'd say. They're, per- they're perfectly fine. But they but they, but they, they were no... They shouldn't be any match for us, not not with the talent no. that we've got. I, I don't think in the long term, as Gary says, that Cucurella, Sterling and Pulisic should or would be playing in those places if we had any of the players that he mentioned available um, and you know he has been a little bit hamstrung by injuries and he is trying to find creative solutions it did work against Salzburg it didn't work against Brighton I mean I don't think there's a lot more to say than that no exactly and it it's obviously a positive move isn't it I mean the idea is if you can get through suddenly you've got six attackers up there who all know how to attack so mm. if you can get through the space and through the midfield, it yeah, does but, set you up. Look, Pulisic's but it's not, a, not a wing back. Sterling's not a wing back. Exactly. You know, Sterling but that's his has suffered. But that's if I was Raheem Sterling right now, I would be incredibly miffed because he started the season not exactly all guns blazing, but he was probably one of our better players. Tuchel's gone, and Sterling's just gone with him. He's just disappeared, and not that's not because he's a bad player. That's because he's being completely misused. Yeah, he is being misused. But I mean, I, what are his options, though, Gary? I mean, he can play, uh, uh, you know, he can play as Piliqueta there. He could play Ruben Loftus Cheek there. Oh, yeah, I, know, I would who, be who, playing. Who? I would be playing um, Loftus Cheek as the right wing back. We've seen that right. he can do it. We've seen that he's explosive enough. That he's strong enough. Doesn't mean he's the long term replacement, but he's a better option than Pulisic. Yeah. Much better option. What do we get, Kerry? You're a big fan of uh, Pulisic. You've nailed your colours to the Pulisic march uh, mast in the past. What What's your view on him at the moment? Well, I think he's ending up suffering much like Sterling is in the fact that we've seen glimpses of Pulisic when he's in that last third of the field do things we haven't seen him do for probably two years in the last few weeks. When he's come on, he's taken players on, he's dribbled. But now I think he's he's so confused about that position of wing-back, as is Sterling, that they know that this idea that, don't worry, I want you to go forward, doesn't work. And I think you're going to see both of these players suffer for different reasons than, say, Pulisic was suffering under Tuchel. Um, so, yeah, I, I am concerned that you can 
play a player into bad form by doing the wrong thing for him. Well, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm yeah. sure that he's had the conversation with both of those players and said, "Look, you know, you're just going to have to play this role for me at the moment. It's not where I want to play you. It's not where we think you're the best uh, position for you. We don't, we're not sure this is where your strengths lie. But we don't have an awful lot of options. We think you can do a job here. I mean, he's had that conversation with them, right? I mean, they know that this is not them being locked into a position that they can't play. I mean, presumably, as professional footballers, they'd be happy to go out there and do the job if the manager asked them to do it." Yeah, I just think they are aware of their limitations and that concern seems to translate. And and that's what concerns me the most, is that they know they're useless at defending. I mean, you, there are classic examples. Again, we'll talk about the Brighton game when it comes up. But Pulisic not knowing really how to go back with another player. People can say, oh, well, it's easy, you just track back. But there's certain no, ways and you've got to work. you've got to work with your... The, the, the centre-backs, like, on that side with Chalabar, I feel sorry for Chalabar because it's making Chalabar a worse player because he's having to cover two, sometimes well, he's got three no coverage. players. That's Absolutely. the problem. And they just leaves him exposed. And the problem with playing all of these attacking players is there's no shape. There's no, no. defensive shape, but then equally there's no attacking shape. No, if people isn't. are getting in the way of other people... Um, and then they're not getting in the way of other people at the back because there's just too much space. And it's sort of like that idea where everyone's like, oh, I'd love to have a team of 11 Lionel Messi's. Well, this is why you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, also as well, I mean, I know I bang about on about it every week, but height, height as well. You know, if you're looking at Cucurella, Sterling, Pulisic, um, you know, these players, you know, trying to play in a... In a, in a defensive role if the ball's coming into the box Silva's not that big although he's decent in the air Chalobah you know he's not elite in the air but he's tall I just think it's an issue I really do think it's an issue and and um, you know I'm, I'm concerned about if he's going to be using small nippy players at wing back that that's that's an issue if you don't have that solidity in the back three and that height in the back three I'm very you know I'm just I'm, I know I'm slightly obsessed with it but I do think it's an issue yeah and, and also you know I would never have played John Spencer or Mark Steen at, at wing back at, at all. No, at, I mean no, so, no, no, no. We, we Johnny Spencer, oh, yeah, and you had a, a plenty good time with well, him. I think the better I love, example, I love though, is, Spencer, yeah. the better example is you're asking Good Johnson to play there. Yeah, yeah, or you're asking Arjen Robin or Damian Duff to play there. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just doing it because he was going on about height, so I was thinking of really small players. Oh, sorry, because I just yeah. thought it was a really stupid point. So. No, well, that's no, all right. Didn't. No, you didn't. You thought... No, oh, saying, Ke- no, Kerry I was talking about. Stupid oh, right, point. Okay. I was talking about John Spencer. I'm like, what? what's he going on about? Short Mug. people. No. Gary. Um, look, I, I wouldn't play Kerry Levy there, Andy. No, because Kerry's a goalkeeper. He's told us that on many, many occasions. <laughs> yeah, and I only let eight in. So, you know, I might have kept a couple out. against. You know, moving forward against Salzburg, it looked great. And when we were moving the ball quickly, we were moving it intricately, people were moving, we were ripping them to pieces. And that probably should have been a much higher uh, scoreline than it was. Um, and... You know, Kovacic, uh, you know, getting a goal after 23 minutes was well-deserved, you know, but we, we should have probably been three or four ahead at that point. Um, finishing was still an issue, but actually the approach play was great. And I think, you know, you talk about shape and you talk about a lack of it, and I totally agree, but there was a fluidity there that was allowing us to, you know, to play some really complex and interesting football that, you know, was really making them scratch their heads defensively. Do you think also that that central midfield that we had of Gallagher... Jorginho and Kovacic worked in a way that things didn't work 
properly. And maybe Jorginho showed his... For me, I, I have to say, Jorginho has been the surprise package under Potter in the fact that we've seen him alter as a player, that a lot of people have got an idea of Jorginho, but we have seen through this season how he's changed from one manager to another. We've talked about that in the past here. I think he held everything together against Salzburg. OK, maybe it's a pub team. I, th- I thought he was great. And I really felt that we missed him against Brighton. And we'll come on Chilginio to talk about that. has been absolutely brilliant yeah, this season. That's I my mean, point. He's, been, he's been brilliant this season. And, and I think anybody that still holds on to the narrative that Jorginho's slow and he passes it sideways doesn't understand football. And it's like, you've got to look at what Jorginho does in that team. You know, when we bought Jorginho on, when we've bought Jorginho on in games, you know, the game changes. It's all about the transition it's all about the tempo it's all about you know having an outlet and and Jorginho is brilliant at that and and Gary I know you've been very down on Jorginho in the past but even you even you can see how good he's been this season well I've said that to Kerry yeah yeah I I, I was the one that alerted Kerry to it oh here we go are you just taking Gary's ideas Kerry Oh, yeah, you know. That way lies madness. Yeah, because I will be buying key rings for 20 quid. 20, 25 to you, you mug. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, I mean, it is an interesting thing, though, isn't it, Gary, that Jorginho has shown how he can change and shows that he does seem to do... He hasn't really changed that much. He has changed. He's been quicker in possession. Yeah, he is. He's 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 not being as... He still does it takes too many touches but he's being a lot more aggressive with the ball um well okay but I, well i see that as a kind of an improvement rather than a change do you know what i mean i don't think it's a deliberate tactical thing for him i just think that i, I, I don't know whether he's, he's you know potter said this is what i want you to do and he's doing it or whether possibly. the way Ch- whether chelsea are playing that way and he's sort of bought it out of him in a different way i i, I don't know but he's, he's certainly doing something different and yeah. long may it continue because I don't look at any Chelsea player and think you're a mug. Get get out of my club. I want every Chelsea player to be brilliant, and it doesn't matter if I like them or not. If they because if they're doing a job, then Chelsea are winning matches. Um, so credit where it's due. He's been very good this season. Yeah, I've got no, is. I've got no problem saying that. Um, still you know, get people at the ground shouting abuse at him because they're still clinging to their narrative. You know, he's the lightning rod for everything that's bad about the team. You know, if if it just really annoys me that people just can't take a step back, look at the individual performance, and make a decision on that. You could okay, come and sit with us. Not... We're all Jorginho lovers. You'd love it round us. You're obviously sitting in the wrong is place. It though? Mate. Do, do you, are they Jorginho lovers around you? There's no real haters around I don't, there. I don't, yeah, I don't really anyone, hear anyone complaining about him. No. Right. Well, that's good, because I've got a few around me. That's a problem. Once you've got a season ticket, and you the, are... The, the pe- people around our way just complain about school dinners and other stuff, don't they? Like we were saying <laughs> yeah. last week. Yeah, no, it's true. All right, well, look, let's... This is probably going to be the last real positive moment of the podcast. Uh, the two goals. Sublime, weren't they? Kovacic extraordinary strike wasn't it because at first when you looked at it you thought oh he's really off balance and he's got it on the outside of his foot and then you look at it it was absolutely extraordinary balance the way he got his body into that shape to hit it so sublimely uh what did you make of those goals Andy well, you know, the last time that he scored an absolute worldie, he looked like he was off balance, you know, and he was backpedalling and he scored that amazing volley. You know, he just seems to, you know, whenever he's, you know, gets himself into that position, he's he seems to be more accurate. It was a, yeah, it was a great finish. Um, and, you know, I just wish he would do it more. I just think he'd be a more complete midfielder if he could 
take those chances that he gets because he often finds himself in shooting positions, often finds himself in positions where he could do that and either doesn't have the confidence or is looking for someone else or just loses his technique at the last. You know, I don't know. But, you know, when he does hit them right, they, they stay hit and they stay, you know, and they're great goals. So, yeah, it was a great goal. And as for Kai Havertz, I mean, that goal, it actually really annoys me when I see how good he can be when he gets it right. It was just, again, it was sublime. Two sublime goals in in a game, Uh, both of extreme quality, showing such class. What do you think, Gary? Yeah, that was fresh for a a YouTube highlights reel, wasn't it? That's the thing that frustrates me about Havertz is that you know he's got the ability. He just for whatever reason whether again it's Chelsea coaches playing him into bad form by misusing him I don't know but he's got it you can see he's got it he has got it it's just can he do it consistently but it was it was a weird game yeah. because um, even their goal against us you had to applaud it it was a really good goal you know, yeah, yeah. They, they hung in there we should have been like five or six up and they hung in there and then they got their breakaway but it was a really good pattern of play from them and yeah, showed that, that they've got something about them, but we should have just been walking that game. I think a more clinical Chelsea team, you know, we have got a lot of young players in this team still where they're young, you know, they're, they're early 20s coming into their mid-20s and they need to mature pretty quick together and moments like they're going through now, I guess, where that maturity comes and you see whether they turn it on and become better or whether they just sort of stay where they are. And that's what we I, need. I, I look, I'm not. I'm see. not the world's biggest Pulisic fan. I, I think, you know, I think there's a physical issue with him. I don't think he's maybe strong enough for the Premier League. I, you know, there's there's just things I don't like about the way he plays football. I think he's a flair player, and I think he can pull the odd rabbit out the out the hat. You know, and and that's all great. But you know, when it comes to 90 minutes in a football match, he does a lot of things that frustrate me. However, I do think Sterling and Havertz will come good. And I think they are probably victims of where they're being played at the moment and victims of the way we are playing and perhaps victims of the fact that we don't have players around them that are bringing the best out of them. And Havertz, you know, persisting as a false nine. I mean, he's scoring goals and he's scoring worldies and he's winning his games and, you know, he does that. But Gary's right. There should be another 70% for Kai Havertz. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. And I just think, you know... Potter's job for me is to take those players within our squad, whether it's Havertz, whether it's Gallagher, whether it's Mount, whether it's Sterling, doesn't matter who those players are and play them to their strengths and get the best out of them. And at the moment, that's not quite happening. And as I say, we'll put a lot of that down to the injuries that he's got and the fact that he's having to cobble together teams. But, you know, at some point, he's going to have to look at those, I think, world-class players or certainly, you know, elite players and get the best out of them. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Well, look, we we should go to the break in a minute and then we'll be back and talk about the Brighton game. And don't forget to listen at the end of the week when our second pod will be up where we'll be talking about the Arsenal game. Right, let's go to a break and then it's going to be a cheery 10 minutes or so afterwards. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. And now, 
we go to a different tone for this podcast. It's Brighton away. Now, I got a... I got a, an email from a guy called Dom, I believe, um, at Seagulls, I think it was, which gives you an idea who he may support on Twitter, who said, uh, you're quite You got dismissive. an email on Twitter? That's oh, I was an say email, that, message but I don't want to be Twitter. so facetious. Oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, listen to you two social media Why darlings. have you got people from, from Brighton? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're about because to find they, out. Go on, yeah, Kerry. exactly. <laughs> and just saying, you're quite dismissive. Uh, in last week's podcast, and we were, and Gary actually got the score right, but to the wrong team. But I didn't I say think. who to. I said I just said four one. Well, um, yeah, I'm not sure that's true. Um, and we were quite dismissive. This was a game we expected us to go and win. And the truth is, Brighton outplayed us, outthought us, and we weren't at the races. Um, now it was the same principle in place. I was kind of worried when I saw that Thiago was starting a game, the third game in a week. Uh, that that kind of had me concerned, but I thought, well, it's probably going to be all right. What did you make of it, Andy, when you saw the team? Well, as I said, you know, the performance against uh, Salzburg was very good, and and it looked like there was a you know there was a fluidity in that team that really you know played to what we're good at which is you know skillful players doing skillful things on the ball so you know when I saw it I did think oh Cucurella again I just don't think he's a centre-back but you know part of me was thinking well it worked on Tuesday Wednesday um so maybe so I was sort of holding back a little bit of judgment but part of me was thinking I'm not sure that this wing-back uh, of win back pairing of Pulisic and, uh, Pulisic and Sterling and Cucurella going to work against the Premier League side. I just, I just had a bad feeling about it. But you know, I was prepared to be wrong about it. I, I was wrong about it. Obviously, we, we were uh, all ninety wrong. minutes later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Gary, uh, were you? We when when you look back at the, at the game and what happened, was this everything coming home to roost that we kind of worried about? Um, I not. guess I guess there's an element of that, but um, I watched it back earlier because I, I I was doing some DIY, so I listened to it on the radio on Saturday, and I just couldn't stomach watching it. I thought I better watch it for doing this. Um, I watched it back, and it's it was sort of like visualised what I thought I had heard on Saturday, which was Chelsea getting found out by a team that was playing on nothing more than yeah. Don't get me wrong, Brighton are a good team. We've seen that. We know that. And the fact that we've got the manager at Chelsea that I think we like while he's working stuff out, but we like what he's trying to do. Um, that he, what they're doing is doing what he instilled into them, right? So we know we know what they are. But that was a team almost like of players playing to prove a point to a manager. That they, the whole club, the stadium, the the new manager wanted to get one over on him. Everyone just wanted to do it, and Chelsea fell for it. Even you know, you look at the the passive play where players would start sticking a little boot in as Brighton players were just running right through them. They were just playing on pure adrenaline. I think that when Chelsea play them again, this doesn't happen. Um, I think it was just a one-off freak result, and everything fell their way as well. Um, you know, Loftus Cheek's own goal is just absolutely incredible. You hear about an own goal and you think that someone's done something stupid. The chances of that going in, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, it goes over the bar. And we got the one time it went in. Chaloba's own goal, 
goes in and you look at it in the second half when Mount break, broke through and he crossed it and Christian Gross did the exact same fit. Christian Gross, um, what's his name? Anyway, that's the former Spurs manager. Gross, um, Pascal Gross. Pascal. He, he he deflects it in the same way as Chaloba, but it just happens to hit their keeper who doesn't know anything about it. And it's exactly the same thing. Um, so I think overall that Chelsea were very unfortunate and we had one of those days, but at the same time, Brighton were very good and they picked apart the problems that Chelsea have suffered from. Yeah, and really, you have to highlight the the areas that didn't work was playing Cucurella at that side of the three-man defence. It just doesn't suit him. It's fine if we've got the ball and we've got control of the game. He's a crisp passer. He can do it. But under pressure in a three, it's just not working for him. Not even slightly. And then no, it isn't. We... And, and, and also as well, it's important to note about Cucurella. A lot of people are down on Cucurella. What a waste of money. What a terrible signing. We haven't seen him in the position that we've bought him to play him, which is at wing back probably, you know, and, and, you know, he needs a run of games there before we make a judgment because I remember when we played Brighton last year and he was absolutely brilliant, took us to pieces and, you know, him and Chilwell should be fighting it out for that, uh, for that wing back place, you know. Keep players time. Yeah, give the players time and, and certainly don't judge him on playing at centre-back. That's a bit like, you know, judging, you know, Mason Mount playing at centre-back. It's not his position, you know, well, and, you know, let, let's see what he does when he's playing at wing-back. And if he's terrible at wing-back, then by all means, say he is. But, you know, at, at centre-back, it's just, a, you know, I know he's played there before and I know that Potter likes him there, but it's just not his position, obviously. And it's, it's like judging Kai Havertz when he's playing as a false nine. I was about to say that, the same thing. It's, yeah, exactly. It just doesn't work. I mean, what what is it? Why do we keep persisting with this? Is this because... Well, he's doing it because he's got to. That's what we're saying yeah. at the top yeah. of the show. Right? He's He's got players, key players. You, know, you think we've got um, £110 million worth of defender on the treatment table right now with Koulibaly and Fafana. Mm. They, they're meant to be playing alongside Thiago Silva. They're not meant to be on the bench or in the stands. They're meant to be playing. Both sure. are injured. So yeah, Kukurea... Shouldn't be playing there. Yeah, and, then our, and then our goalkeeper people went and got injured as well. You know, so, I mean, it's just defensively, it's all over the place. And then you add Rhys James into that, and then you add, you know, blah bloody blah You add Kante really, in there. Chelsea yeah. just don't have any shape yeah, at the moment. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. My, my point was about Kai Havertz. Um, we've got two strikers that are on, on the bench who could have started that game. Um, you know, there's yeah. only another 10 days of this first half of the season to go. We should be getting everything out of the players and playing them. And I just think it's unfair to Havertz to play him there. It just doesn't work for him. And, I, no, you know, Lampard knew that and then Tuchel worked it out. It doesn't work. But yeah, th- this is the one thing. But, is but, that, he scored, but he scored in midweek. Yeah, but, but it, this is the thing. Yeah, but he wasn't playing as the false nine in, in midweek, was he? He did no. score but, against but he did, Brighton, but he did, to be fair. But. He did score, yeah, it was a lovely header. But yeah. um, what, what I'd say about Potter is I know I've sort of come to his defence a little bit by trying to show a bit of understanding and you know with Cucurella you, you have the same right but the one thing is is I don't know whether it is um, whether it is just him trying to be too clever whether it's him um, overthinking stuff but the changes that he's doing at the moment is too much and like you say Kerry put your best team out man come on we've got three games left before um the World Cup. The World Cup isn't our problem. You know, we, we our problem is now and we're playing two teams now coming up that are in really good form that are above us in the table. 
I think it shows a lack of confidence from the manager. I do. I think it's him trying to, as you say, overthink it, trying trying to be clever. Try, I don't think it's coming from a place of arrogance. I think it's coming from a place of slight insecurity about about yeah, you know your best team. And I think it's you know because. Mourinho with his these are untouchables or con, you know some of the you know other managers that we've had that would pick the same team week in week out you know rightly or wrongly you know that that to me was confidence it was like confidence in those players and I don't think he's quite got the confidence in the players or the shape at the moment hasn't figured it out but he needs to do so quickly he can't keep doing this he can't keep playing players out of position not getting the best out of these you know extremely elite players um, and losing matches otherwise he won't he won't last long I don't care how how different Bowley is to Abramovich ultimately it's a results business and if he doesn't get the results they'll move on I think after the World Cup though I think we see a different manager I hope because so because he, he was fortunate in unfortunate circumstances as to why he had time before playing his first game as manager but um I think he's got so much going on there there's been so much change this summer at Chelsea in terms of the, the dressing room forgetting everything else at the club and he's working out how this team plays. He's working out his best. He's working out his untouchables. He knows Mason Mount is an untouchable. He knows Reese James is, but he's still working the rest of it out. And we're just having to see it at the moment. This is the stuff you're meant to yeah, do. Yeah, I accept that. And don't, and don't from... get me wrong. I'm, I'm not in in any way saying Potter out. I'm not in any way. You know, I'm very much all for giving him as much time as he needs to sort that out. I'm just saying, from the type of club we are, you know, that you know we are one of those clubs that doesn't give managers huge amounts of time. I can't imagine that the new owners are going to just give him unlimited time to figure this out. No, you, know, sure. I, I, you know, having watched Arteta struggle, you know, at the beginning of his reign really badly and all of us going, surely he's got to go now. You know, look where he is now. You know, But that's because they had it. a structure and that's because they went, look, we, we believe in what we're trying to do and that's yeah. where Potter is at the moment is that, look, I'm inheriting a lot of problems here. Yeah. Um, problems that were from previous boards or isn't and again I made this point about Tuchel but I make it for Potter now is that um, okay so well players were signed in the summer by Tuchel but he's playing with players that goes far back as Conte yeah I know yeah. you know so it's that's Conte that's kind of what I'm saying that's what I'm saying Sari, Lampard and Tuchel mm. he's dealing with four managers worth of players and he's also trying to impart his own philosophy on that it's going to take time. And what you need is you need that structure behind them, which is why you see the positive stuff happening off the pitch with sporting directors and recruitment guys coming in. And there's a structure being put there to support him yeah. so that they can work it's through kind, it. It's, it. It's kind of what I'm saying. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, that, that he needs to go. I just know how nervy owners get all owners you know not just yeah. him it's a, it's but, a rare own it's a rare owner that just kind of lets it slide and look i'm not saying it will he might smash arsenal and then you know we go into the world cup and after the world cup as you say we see a different manager with a you know with a fully fit squad um and you know he's able to put in place the kind of plans that he wants to do i hope he does i hope we stick with him i hope we don't just start another merry go down i think he's a clever intelligent um motivated manager and i'd like to see it work my only point is you don't get unlimited time at this at this level we're talking yeah, like I mean, this and we've on, just lost on, one game on. can, can i have a word you two have gone I don't know. this for a while i don't know um but well uh, we're no, talking I, sense carrie you're going to talk sense you can talk i box. doubt it well no i'd like to join in, at the same level that you're at which is <laughs> uh, really nowhere you've probably, um, got to do a, you've probably got to do a course for that <laughs> put the kettle yeah. on carrie go on oh, we'll keep talking there you go no i i think he will get time. There's no doubt about it. I don't like this knee-jerk reaction to, to what's going on. He's got, as you've said, he's got all sorts of problems going on. There's injuries. He's learning about his players. What 
he probably didn't understand quite at a, le a level of club like Chelsea is how under the microscope you are when things go wrong. That actually you, everything is accentuated and highlighted. You can't get away with it. I'm not saying you get away necessarily with bad performances or not getting the right tactics together or the right team together at a, you know, dare I say, it, a lower level. Uh, but he is discovering that people go, hold on, we're going to analyse this. Because he also said after the game that he felt as though he got the starting lineup wrong. Well, he's now said that for the last four games and he's changed things usually pretty early. Interestingly, he didn't change everything at half time, particularly he changed formation, but not the players. So he is understanding that he believes he's making mistakes with his players. But that has to be part of the remit. He's had no pre-season to get to know these players. He's understanding and learning about these players in really recovery time between well, games. He did get, what was it, three weeks in the middle of the Queen dying to, you know, to basically have a pre-season. Just yeah, want to pick you up on a point of order well, on that, that one. He, yeah, I, he did I, get okay, a certain amount of time. Yeah, it, it, but it's still not a pre-season. But yeah, point no, it's taken. No, it's not. And listen, nobody's calling for his head, certainly on here. You know, nobody, nobody's saying that he needs to go. I'm just saying that, you know, he's had two games where we have dropped points in, in injury time, you know, through a lack of being able to hold a lead. Now, obviously, against Spurs, that was a, you know, a bit of a, a you know, a bit of a robbery on our behalf. But Man United He was a manager well. at Spurs. Tuchel was. Oh, Tuka was your right. Sorry, yeah, getting that wrong. But you know, I mean, it's it's. Um, I, I don't think. As I, I said, think, I wish I could be at the level that you two are at. I um, well, me I, clearly, I Kerry. Come on. I don't think that you know that we have looked incredibly convincing throughout his time here, which is why I think the Salzburg game was an interesting game because it was one game where we actually looked really good. Um, so I think he's still yet to win a lot of people over in, in what his philosophy is. But, you know, we keep going back to this idea of he hasn't got the personnel you know, that he needs to be able to execute his vision. I mean, I think we're all agreed on that, right? Yeah, well, I like I what he's trying to do, that. though. You can see, it doesn't mean that it's working, but you can see what he's trying to do. And that's what I like, right? And like I was saying when Kerry, you know, when we were hogging the mic, Andy, and Kerry got back in, but um, yeah, he's lost one game. Come on. Everyone, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying us. Not, not looking convincing throughout a lot of those games. But then we have, the we thing. have at times and we haven't at times. So, you know, we've lost one game and in that period, we kept like seven clean sheets in a row or whatever it was. And um, we didn't look particularly convincing at certain times. But then you look at Man United, the game went the way it did. <coughs> Sorry, Leon, you're going to have to edit that. Bless but you. Look you. At Man but you look at Man United, the game went the way it did and he changed it. And then for 55 minutes, we should have won that game. Now, OK, the first 35 minutes happened, but we looked a good team and we looked a better team, even though we let United have certain bits of the game that he shouldn't have. But... Mm. That this is the process of what happens when you keep changing managers and this has been Chelsea's problem chasing trophies change, chasing everything thinking we want the short Chelsea have had this short termism the whole time and again yeah. you know, to, to go back to players people like to beat us with the stick of De Bruyne and Salah whenever they do anything they're where they are because of short termism but short termism delivered us trophies when that happened right and Chelsea are where they are now with the managers and the system because of short termism and until they get over that we're going to keep seeing this 
yeah, yeah look, well, I, look I, no, I, I don't think any of us disagree with that Gary I think that's absolutely that's absolutely right and I think you've you, you've you've you said that very articulately and and um I, I for one completely agree with that I'm just hoping that the temperature is kept at a reasonable level you know if for example we go into the Arsenal game it doesn't work out for us you know because you know he he has issues but you know but again I just want to say if you're at this level as a manager it's up to you to fix it as well there has to be an element of us seeing something from him that's going to impact the game and we have on occasion seen substitutes that work we have seen you know really good performances like Salzburg you're right Man United we played well throughout most of that game it was very disappointing that we didn't get the three points in that game but you know there has to be particularly after a defeat like Brighton which was a heavy defeat you know there has to be something from him that shows he can a lift the players b do something tactically uh, and c at least you know give us a fighting chance of competing that's all I'm saying and I would I would say that he needs to learn and discover how to be a 90 minute manager with a team that can play for 90 minutes at the moment it's there's been quite a lot of reactionary stuff and he's he's reacted really well to bad situations didn't happen against Brighton, but, you know, I am sure that he's going to work at it. He strikes me as the kind of guy who will work this out. So I'm not particularly worried. Uh, I just no. think people just have to understand that we are not at the level that a lot of people would like us to be due to various factors, including injuries and a guy who's come in at, at a place where he's having to understand what it takes honest, to be a Chelsea manager. It doesn't help that Thiago Silva has an opening five minutes like he did at the weekend, yeah, you yeah, know, where exactly. he makes three terrible errors and can basically concedes a goal within five minutes. Now, this is a player that's, you know, above reproach, you know, in terms of his professionalism, what he's achieved, you know, he gets a lot of passes, but that doesn't help any manager's tactical, you know, sort of plan when you put in that kind of performance and make those kind of mistakes and then your keeper gets injured and then, you know, and then a lot of wheels just fall off the bus and, you know, to, to you know, to echo your, your intro. Um, and, you know, we have own goals and the whole thing's just terrible. That doesn't excuse the performance of certain players. It doesn't uh, excuse the, you know, the, the lack of shape or the lack of, you know, the lack of cohesion in the team, which I think you've got to put a lot on the manager. It doesn't help the, you know, the, the, the start in lineup choices and all that stuff but when one of your most reliable players puts in a five minute performance like that it doesn't make things easy no exactly all right well look well I think we should probably leave the Brighton game there because we should look forward to uh, Dynamo Zagreb which Chelsea build as a crucial Champions League game this week really yeah. okay on what level <laughs> then they changed Cru- it crucial that they can sell some more merchandise <laughs> yeah. and beer Key rings. Key rings are in yeah. at the moment. Yeah, they've got um, all the mugs like me turning up. Exactly. I, the one thing I, I'm, I think is going to be fascinating about the Zagreb game. So crucial that you're not going, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Either so of cru- you. No. I'm going. Well, I've got a press seat again. Oh, you got a press seat. Right. Okay, fine. I've got your tickets. Rub it, rubbing shoulders with the, was it the fifth estate, the fourth estate, whatever they get called. Yeah. Can't remember. Yeah. I'm not part of it anymore, gladly. Ah, well. So, yeah, with the Zagreb, I'm looking forward to seeing who gets a chance. I mean, the thing that I was really hoping might happen uh, is that some of these younger players will get a chance. Now, on the bench against Brighton was this guy that I've been talking about, Amari Hutchinson, this young kid that we've got. When have you talked about him? 
well, when you haven't been here because you've been okay. on holiday, I think Gary will stick up for me. We we poached him off Arsenal. He's an 18-year-old kid. He's been doing really well in the under-18s, I think. Been scoring, looking a very decent player. And he was on the bench against against Brighton. Um, there's there's talk... What, that, is he, what does he play again? Sorry, say it again. He, what position? He's uh, an attacker. I think he's wide right, I think. Uh, is okay. his main position, uh, but yeah, he's lo- he's looking like a useful prospect, and it's great if these kids can get a chance. I mean, we've seen it with players, and then you never see him again. But by all accounts, he's got something special about him. I mean, how do you see it panning, Gary? Do you think this is going to be completely? Yeah, because we've qualified as winners, so it really doesn't affect us, does it? Uh, no, see, th- this is what I was surprised about with, with Brighton. I thought we'd play the best team against Brighton and say, guys, go out, give me a game here because I need it because I know what's going to happen. And then you've got the week off ahead of Arsenal. Um, but he's going to have to play some players into form, hopefully, in this game. Um, I don't see the need to play youth team players at this stage when you've got three games for the World Cup. It's not like you've got a big run of... Fi- sorry, four games, isn't it? Because um, we've got the... League Cup as well, sorry. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, but isn't there a concern that he, if he plays the top-line players in this, I know what you're saying about playing into form, but if they get an injury, suddenly he's I know, really but you have that concern all the time. Yeah, you have that concern all the time. You, you've got to go out and, as he's trying to learn more about this team, he's trying to learn more about the team, he needs to see them in moments. And I know it's probably, you know, sort of a, a false positive in that sense because it's a dead rubber game. But, these players need to go out and put performance in. Get Brighton out of their system and go out and sort of just smash Zagreb and get some confidence and you know what I mean get some um, get some effervescence back in this team because they were doing well and then the last couple of results have been a bit of a kick in the nuts and they've suffered a little bit. So maybe get them out there and you know whip them up a little bit and get them to go out and have a good performance. Andy, would you say that he should then play a top side to, uh, against Zagreb? Nah, I I don't because I think with Arsenal coming up, you've got you know you you you've got a major Premier League game. I think he needs to treat this basically like a Carling Cup game and and play a mix of youth and experience. I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't play a couple of players uh, out there, but it's a great opportunity to bring on you know Chaka. It's a great uh, opportunity to, to to play Broker Breuer. Uh, it's a great opportunity you know to give Mendy a game if he's not going to be the main keeper. Look, I I just think it, it would be a wasted opportunity when you've already won the group and there's nothing to play for not to give people an opportunity okay there you go what do you uh, think but me i think i think we've got so many injuries we can't afford any more injuries in these last 10 days before we close down for the world cup is my view i get what gary's saying about trying to play certain players into form and that he needs to find out about his players and it's moments like these but I just think we are limping our way to the World Cup at the moment. Literally, I, I, I would say rest players and try players against City because yeah, they're I mean, going to do the definite. same. They're, they're, they're going to do the same to us. And really, no one wants to be going through in that game. I think City no, that, are going to try to chuck it in Chelsea because if, if they go through, I was looking at the fixtures earlier. If they, whoever goes through in that game, two days after the World Cup finals, playing in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, well, that's why I'm saying they've got to treat it like a Carabao Cup game. And, and, but, uh, and but, but 
to treat the Carabao Cup like just play a good team in the Champions League ahead of Arsenal and just say, look, you've got the week off now after Arsenal head of Newcastle because we don't care about the Carabao Cup. We're going to play the kids in that one. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Who cares? No, but I think it's it's about having a week off between Brighton and Arsenal that's important, not about between... Don't forget Arsenal playing Thursday. Yeah, but I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about us. But what I mean is that we're still going to have minutes in our legs over what they've got because they're, they're playing Thursday. And yeah, but there's no, there's absolutely no reason to, as Kerry says, to take risks with players in a, in a game that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. There's no point. I genuinely don't think. I mean, I understand what you're saying about playing players back into form, but playing the Premier League back into form—that's what you need to do. Is go out there and put in a performance. Well, we we will see what the choices made will be this week. Um, all right, well, look, we are at the end of the podcast, so we should give a prediction for the Zagreb game. Again, as we've said, join us at the end of the week when we'll have a, a chat about the Arsenal game. Until then, Andy, your prediction for Zagreb. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it is going to be a you know a, 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 a lot of players that we haven't seen for a while or a lot of fringe players. I think it will be spirited. I think um, it won't be easy. I think 2-1 to us. Gary, and your thoughts? 3-0. Who to? Don't start all that. <laughs> to Chelsea. Can I, can I just say as well, actually, um, I've spoken to a former Zagreb and Chelsea player this week. Who was it, Andy? I was going to bring this up, but you Petrescu? can mention it. No? No. It's a hard grab. I don't know. I don't know. My brain's not working. I've got a puppy brain. The, the clue is he got the goal of the season in 2000, 2001 at Chelsea. And I did a great... On his I debut. Did, and oh, I did a Stanich. great... Yeah, Mr. I did a great Mario Stanich. Shall I tell you how against I got... West, in, against West Ham. Shall I tell you how I got in touch with Mr. Stanich? Go on. I was given his number by Mateo Twi- Kovacic. Tinder? Tinder? Mateo Grinder. Kovacic. <laughs> stepped up and said, um, "Did he? You've been oh, you've cool. been swiping right on Grinder, and he uh, he deleted you. So here's his number. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> That's cool. Was he a nice guy? He wanted to do it all over email. <laughs> I was right. like, really? So we did it over email. Uh, so written questions. Mm. Yeah, but he was that very nice trick. on messages, and he did it all on Saturday, and I had to finish it on Sunday. Maybe maybe that's because his English is better written than it is spoken. We'll maybe give him, we'll, give him, thought, we'll, give, we'll give him that. Um, maybe he just saw my profile on Grinder and thought, mm, nah. <laughs> Not into <laughs> too weird. Too weird. Right. Well, my prediction for the Zagreb game is two 0 at Chelsea, and I think it will be a mix of youth and uh, what we've got left. So you're agreeing with me, pitch. which is good. Well, that's how we started this. It's how we roll, isn't it, other. Kerry? It's how we roll. Absolutely. It is how we roll. And uh, yeah, and as for the Arsenal game, we will be talking about that on Friday. So that's it. We're out of time for this week's first podcast. Thank you, Andy, as always. Thank you, Gary, as always. Come on, you blues. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.